Hey, I'm Janelle. And I'm Amber. Collectively, we are Brown Girl Alchemy. A mother-daughter unit using our personal journey and growth within our blackness, womanhood, and lives in general to motivate, activate, revolutionize, inspire, uplift, and heal. We hope to navigate through the seasons with you as we alchemize authentically into the best versions of ourselves. We are our sister's keepers, and this is Brown Girl Alchemizing. Hey, Mom. Hey, Ambie. I am really excited to be recording with you today. Ooh. It's been a little minute yes. since we've gotten on these mics and it's just been us two. Yes. And it's beautiful because in honor of Mother's Day, we have collaborated with Brainwash for this conversation. And Brainwash is a digital media platform for black and brown folks slash millennials founded by my girl Ayana. So shout out to Yana. Shout out to Ayana. Yes. And I believe that this is the perfect conversation in honor of Mother's Day. Um, because being a mother and starting a family is definitely on my own radar. So who better than my own mother to talk to about probably the greatest role in the world, but also the most challenging role in mm, the world hmm, you have no idea <laughs> well that's why i want to talk to you about this because i feel like you share your journey with me and like we do a lot of reflecting together yes but i love that this conversation will be completely centered from the perspective of just being a parent and not just being a parent but being a mother right so let's ease into this conversation. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. I have no idea what you are, what you have planned for me. So I'm excited. Okay. So the first question is, what does motherhood feel like to you? Oh, wow. Um, motherhood is, as soon as you said that, I have to tell you that my eyes welled up. It is stop. I know. It's the greatest gift that God could bestow upon a woman. It is the best feeling in the world. There is no love that can compare to a mother's love. Right. None. But it's also the most stressful and challenging Mm -hmm. role that a woman will ever face in her life because once you embark upon motherhood you now become responsible for raising a person a whole nurturing a person not just raising nurturing loving you are responsible for bringing a person into this world who will hopefully contribute something positive. And maybe some people don't look at it like that, but for me, it's it's real serious. Yeah. So it's beautiful, but it's stressful. Well, this also brings me to the next question. When you initially found out that you were going to be a mother, did you feel that you were equipped with the tools to take on such a role okay so I became a mother at 21 and honestly I didn't have the same depth of knowledge or wisdom that 
you know, I have at 47 mm-hmm. or at 40 mm-hmm. or 35 or <laughs> right. 30 or even 25. But what I did have was a pure heart that was filled with love. And actually, my heart was probably less tainted than it is now. And what I did have was the most pure, honest, loving relationship that anyone could ever imagine for their first experience with love. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't concerned about finances, probably because I was too immature to think about, you know, I'm going to spend a million dollars raising you. Yeah. At that point, it was like, okay you know, we're two people in love and we're bringing this child into the world and she's going to be loved and we'll figure it out. Um, What I did know is that I had a very traumatic relationship with my mother. So I knew automatically that I would not, I was, that I was going to break that cycle, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether I had a daughter or a son that um, the relationship, the dynamics of the relationship would not be the same. I proclaimed that from the beginning. So those were my tools. And love conquers all. Right. So that's the number one, <laughs> like the number one ingredient that you put in the jar. And then you add to that. I feel like you made it sound so simple that like the I guess the biggest tool that you had was love Mm -hmm. but also I think the biggest tool that you had was knowing that you didn't want to repeat history and you didn't want to repeat a cycle so already at 21 you had this idea of like changing the narrative yes which is really beautiful to me yes um I had this spirituality about me since I was a little child. So there was always spirits whispering in my ear. Mm -hmm. So not only did I understand that I was going to break the cycle, but I also knew that even though there were going to be some obstacles that I was heading towards because of my age and my lack of experience and my lack of financial stability. Right. I was aware that there was nothing that I could not do. I just had that knowing. I had this knowing that I was supported. Right. You know, so I wasn't scared. Yeah. And I think when people, I guess, embark upon this journey of parenthood in general, um, a lot of their fears are not being supported, Mm -hmm. but not being supported in the sense of like family Mm -hmm. um, and rejection did you feel supported by your family (laughs) or did you just feel spiritually supported and was that enough for you i i felt absolutely spiritually supported i did not feel supported by my family at all Mm -hmm. in fact um i have to give glory to god i have to give glory to my ancestors my guides the ascended masters the archangels my whole soul team because i experienced experienced so much pain during my pregnancy and even afterwards with how my family related to me and how they treated me that I don't think the average person would have been able to get through the things that I got through even deal with it. and even deal with it. Yeah. Luckily, um, 
your dad was very supportive. Well, you know, and then we, we began to have a few issues too, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, whatever. Um, but his family was, was very supportive. So they kind of um, took me in in terms of just supplying that emotional support that I needed that I wasn't getting from my family. Right. This brings me to my next question. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced raising a baby while you were still a baby? Because we often talk about, like, on the podcast, you often say, like, we grew together. Yes. So what has that challenge, what, is, what have those biggest challenges been for you? Um, number one, we weren't financially stable. Mm-hmm. Number one... We didn't it's, know. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, you say that we weren't financially stable. But you would never know, right? I would, right? like, never know. Okay, so what I've learned through life is that everything is relative to your experience. So, for example, what is rich to me may be a whole different rich to someone else. When I say um, I'm lacking financially to someone else it's a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. So when I when I talk about um, being financially stable and secure, for me, the plans that I had for myself, I hadn't achieved them. Mm-hmm. So yes, I always worked. I've had a job since I was 15 years old. Um, after I had you, I went back to work. I got my own apartment. My aunt helped me to get my first brand new car. So... I was blessed, like I said, and I don't know looking back other than saying, and I tell people this all the time, like I've been looked after by the spiritual realm because even up to, I'm skipping some parts, but even up to you, you know, going to private school through high school and and college graduation, I make a, a, a very good salary, but the numbers still don't add up. Right. I don't know how I was able to do a lot of the things that I was able to do, but I did them. Mm-hmm. And I did them without the help of other people. Right. You know, I wasn't on a stripper pole. Nothing wrong with that, because I used to always tell you if I had to, I would. Right. But um, I just was very focused and always put God first what God meant to me. I wasn't in church on Sundays. It wasn't that. But I always just had this strong belief, like I said, that there was a supreme being and that I was very special to that supreme being. Mm -hmm. And it reflected in my life. Mm -hmm. What other challenges were there? Most of my challenges... Being young and raising... Most of my challenges were, like I said, not being supported by my family. And I think the biggest thing... For me was that caused trauma you know I had a, a lot of abandonment issues to begin with right. and then what happened is I would have been not I would have been I was the first person in my family to go t- to college mm-hmm. and um, they had me on this pedestal and it the pressure was so intense And it was coming from all different directions. And once I fell to live out their dreams for me, it was kind of like they were like, oh, okay, well, next. 
they kind of like, you know, dumped me and then they moved their dreams on to, to my sister and my brother. And I felt like kind of abandoned and left out there. So what does that have to do with parenting you? Well, I'm a mother now, but I have all of these issues, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to deal with these issues while parenting, while I had a whole person that I had to take care of. And that's why I always say that we grew together. Luckily, I was, you know, I wasn't abusive because I believe that people that, that do abuse, it's because they've been traumatized themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thank God that I had this spiritual foundation that helped me get through these rough patches and still enable me or give me the ability to give you the love that you deserve because no child asked to be put here. Right. And what you, I just, I love everything that you said, but the first thing that kind of came to mind when you were saying that your family wanted you to live out a certain dream Mm -hmm. and you went and did your own thing. Mm -hmm. Do you battle with that or how do as, as being a parent, like you wanting certain things for your child Mm -hmm. and your child not fulfilling those things how do you deal with that? Parenting to me has been pretty easy in terms of navigating all of those things because I feel like, and I have this conversation with my mom, my biggest thing was I'm never going to be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. So I always, any situation that I face with you or Shane, I always put myself back in that space of, 22 year old Janelle or 11 year old Janelle Mm -hmm. and think about how I felt during that time and I address you guys in that manner and it's it's a fine balance because I'm your parent I know what's best and sometimes I know how some how what the outcome will be but I also know that this is your journey and that the this is your life to live. I've lived my life. I've made my choices, some good, some bad, but I've lied in my bed and now it's your turn and now it's Shane's turn. Right. So I not I try not to interfere in your personal journey. And it's hard sometimes because I want the best for you. And obviously, every person wants the best for themselves. But but the best, it also goes back to what you perspective. say. It's all perspective. It's all perspective. Yeah. And it's also what you're working with at, at, at that time. You're not going to have the same wisdom at 21. I mean, you have this battle all the time. I would uh-huh. be like, Amber, <laughs> I think I'm a little bit wiser than you. Right. You know, like I have a little bit more experience with you than you rather. But then I have to remember you couldn't tell me anything at 21. Mm -hmm. Like I knew everything. Mm -hmm. So I will have this conversation with myself like, okay, remember how you were. Okay, Janelle, bring it back. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes the conversation might not go smooth and I'll Mm -hmm. have to, you know, have another conversation with myself and then come back to the table with both of you or either of you and say, listen, Let's let's revisit this conversation because I thought about it. Yeah. Also, um, you began your parenthood journey at 21 with me, and then you started all over again 
at what, 36? No, it was 35. 35 with mm-hmm. Shane. What was that process like? That process was like starting all over again because mm-hmm. you were beginning your teenage years and I totally forgot about what it was like having an infant and and falling in love with a new person all over again. And, you know, I was so in love with your dad. Like, in my mind, it's like, we're going to be married forever. We're going to be those childhood sweethearts that are married forever. We're going to have three, four kids in a house with a picket fence and all of that. So I always saw myself having multiple children. So having that huge gap and then thinking maybe this is not in the cards for me to have another child, it was so exciting Mm -hmm. when I got remarried. And, like, I got remarried, and I was like, literally the next day like okay we having a baby and mm-hmm. fortunate for me I didn't have to try it was just like <laughs> that was it I was pregnant <laughs> so um it was super exciting and then it was a whole different experience because um it is different when when you have a girl versus a, a daughter versus a son it's a whole different experience and you won't understand unless you experience both and there's no favoritisms there's there's no well I like having a son better I like there's it's a different experience mm-hmm. um, there's a different dynamic in the relationship mm-hmm. that it's just like anyone who's blessed enough to have both is just the best feeling in the world because it's the yin and yang and it's such a, a beautiful balance but um, it was amazing to have Shane again and then you know, I was 35. I had gone back to school. I got my bachelor's degree. I was financially stable, successful. So I was looking at parenting, parenting through a different lens. And then I had um, a partner who I felt was like on the same page. So it was different. But I will tell you that having such a large gap of time in between the two of you I had literally just gained my independence again because you had entered, you know, your teen years and I had a little bit more freedom. Yeah, I was 15. Yeah. So I literally started all over again and I was so excited about the process that it didn't hit me until after. And then I, to this day, I mourn that freedom sometimes Mm -hmm. because being a mother is all it, it just it, it's overwhelming at times and you have to be selfless and sometimes you don't want to be sometimes I don't want to be and I have a very difficult time balancing like I always put you guys's needs before mine and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to, because in my my definition of a mother, you do. You mm-hmm. are supposed to. You put your children before you. Mm-hmm. But there should also be a healthy balance. Because what happens when this machine breaks down? Mm-hmm. Then who's then who's going to take care of you guys? Right. And that's what I'm trying to find out now. That's what I'm trying to figure out now at 47. How can I balance this? Like, how can I take care of me and still be there for my children? Right. And... Um, you, I think youth has a lot to do with it too, because I was young, so I had a lot more energy, a lot more energy, a lot more patience. Yeah. But, um, 
I do find that Shane takes a lot more of my energy than you did. Yeah. And I mean, you and I used to do the same things. Well, like I know. go shopping, go out to eat, go to Barnes and Noble, read be, our I books. I think I would just always be up on Yes, you. lay in the bed, watch our movies where Shane is like he he needs to be out in these streets running all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> so I literally feel like I'm like running on E at all times. Yeah. So I haven't <laughs> figured this out, but what I did come to the realization just maybe a couple of days ago, what? I was like, oh my God, I'm almost past this this age. He's he's twelve. You're yeah. gonna be free again soon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be free. So I'm gonna be celebrating my freedom again soon. I love it. And no more starting over. No. No. You know how much I love Jay-Z. Well, he's married, so we're not going to put him into the <laughs> picture because I love Beyonce. But you know how much I love Nas, right? Yes, yes. He couldn't even get me to start over. Like, okay. no. So with with that gap um, from 21 to 35, you can grow and you can mature in a year. Mm-hmm. You've had several years. And then on top of that, as a mother, too, so what are some of those lessons that you learned raising me that you have applied to raising Shane? And then also, are there any habits or cycles that you've ended? Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into some of them because mm-hmm. some of them are, are hurtful to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm traumatized by some things that I wish I could take back. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that I think I have a lot more patience with him. And I don't know if it's just, you know how they say the older you get, like there's, there's, I used to um, go to school with kids who their parents had them at the change of life. Mm-hmm. So they literally had siblings who were old enough to be their parents right. and they could do whatever the hell they wanted to do. Right. Like they could stay out for two weeks at a time yeah. because I feel like when you get older, you just don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're just so tired. Like you just be like, whatever you want to do, I don't care. Just leave me alone. Yeah. I don't think it's that with Shane because I'm very like paranoid with him, especially raising like a black male. Uh-huh. I'm, a little obsessive in terms of how I want him to present himself to the world. Mm-hmm. Like I'm raising him to be a father and a husband, mm-hmm. not just some, you know, asshole out here in society, just, you know, smashing. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to just be such a stand up guy that whoever he chooses to be his queen, I want them to come to me and be like, thank you so much. He's an amazing, amazing man. So that's like my goal. And it's the most stressful thing in the world because I literally find (laughs) myself having (laughs) conversations with him every day, like pointing out little things. If he sees something on TV, if he's listening to a song or something that his dad does that I don't agree with. And I'm like having to discuss and pick apart every situation and everything to make sure he understands um, what it's like to be a gentleman, what it's like to be an African-American male in a society that may not regard him uh, the way he needs to be respected. Um, Do you think that there is a difference in raising um, a little black girl versus raising a little black boy? Yeah, there's a different a difference for the mother mm-hmm. because I'm a lady and I'm a woman. So... <laughs> 
it's nothing to to teach you by example. Right. But I don't have a penis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know what it's like to be a man. Mm-hmm. All I can do is go by my expectations of what a man, what I think a man should be. Mm-hmm. You know? And then his father's there, too. But nobody's perfect. Right. So, in my mind, I'm, like, trying to correct daddy's wrongs and mm-hmm. teach him the right way, too. Mm-hmm. I love that. So has, how has the motherhood, how has motherhood assisted you in your healing process? Wow. I think motherhood has assisted me in the healing process, specifically you, because I wanted to be the best version of myself for you because I recognize that you are going to follow my example Mm -hmm. and I recognize that you would be Janelle 2.0 so not only would you follow my example but you would be the better version of of me and my goal at a young age was like okay she's going to be a mother at some point So I didn't get it all together right. But by the time she has a child, we're going to have this shit together. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what it's about because we all have dysfunctions. We all have this generational trauma. I don't think this. Listen, find me a black family that doesn't. Hello. Because I want to interview them. Yeah. Matter of fact, I want to stay. I want to live with them for a year. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think the most important thing is awareness. Mm hmm. Knowing that your shit is fucked up. Yeah. Knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Be accountable. Like, you know, this is dysfunctional as hell. Let's try to fix this shit. Let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have the answers and I don't because your shit is dysfunctional too. But (laughs) maybe if we read some books, get a little therapy, maybe we can come together and figure this out. And I think that's, that's, (laughs) you know, being a mom like that's all a part of being a mom right you know i think part of the reason why people gravitate to us is because our relationship may look different from what people expect like a mother daughter to mother daughter relationship or dynamic to look like but it definitely has its pros and cons Mm -hmm. um let's just touch (laughs) let's like touch the surface a little bit about um those pros and cons of having like a really close relationship with your child um i think for me because my (laughs) pros and cons are going to be different for me i think that um you used to always forget that i was your mom yeah like you would get real slick with the tongue and i would hate to like remind you because my reminders aren't sweet (laughs) reminders are harsh because he's a scorpio yeah (laughs) but um yeah there's that thin line of being a mom and being a best friend and i'm not one of those mothers like i'm really like old school when it comes to respect Uh because that's the basis for everything right like you don't owe me anything Mm -hmm. but respect right 
you know, I'm not one of those moms like, I did this for you and I did that. So I have these expectations of you doing all of these things to repay me. Mm -hmm. You just repay me by respecting me. That's right. it. <laughs> I think a con for me, it's like when I was growing up, <laughs> everyone loved that I had like such a cool mom, such a young mom, like my my sleepovers, my parties, it was lit, it was popping. Mom's dancing with us, she's lit with us. But it's like, okay, but mom is also like online at the same time as me. I'm trying to get my MySpace on, but you also on Black Planet. So, and then you check in for what I'm doing. And you're like, okay, girl, you're a little too young for MySpace. Delete, delete, delete. And then I make another one. And then like, you would just always find out about stuff. And you were just like... So really it sounds like it. your con really had to do with me. Being this on it. No, yes. there's more. There's Go more. Ahead. You were on it. Like, my friends that, like, kind of like what you said, like, my friends that have older parents, they weren't um, as on Savvy. It they yes. weren't as savvy, and they weren't as on it, because I don't know if they, like, kind of like you said, you just stop caring about certain things. <laughs> right. Like, some of my friends would be able to go to the mall, their parents drop them off. Mm -hmm. You did not play that No, because all. I already, listen, <laughs> as I said... <laughs> I said what I said, and as I said, I wasn't too far removed from being a teenager. So yeah. I am very aware. <laughs> I'm very aware of what goes on when you drop your kids off at the mall. Yeah, it's like certain things that I wanted to do. I wasn't trying to give you an inch because you would have taken a mile and you would have hung yourself. Right. I wanted to just get you past certain, certain things. Yeah. And, and, as, and as you know, I was like, listen, once you graduate from college, I don't give a F what Honestly, you do. Once I, once I hit college, you weren't on it. Like, no. college, I was able to do whatever I yeah. want as long as my grades were exactly. cool. Exactly. Like, I never, and that's also really interesting, too, because when I think about it now and I have conversations with people, they, like, always had a curfew. I never had a curfew. And I think it was because I really, like, in high school and stuff, I didn't really go out or stay late or really push it because I didn't really have the window. No, you know why you it. didn't have a curfew? <laughs> why? You know why. You just don't remember. I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because my ass was the only person that had a midnight curfew for prom. <laughs> my ass was the only person right. who had to come home right at the prom. <laughs> my ass so was weird. the only person who had to, like, work and give their checks to my mom and could not hang out that summer after they graduated. Oh I had a curfew my first year in college. I was like tortured because I did not get to live my left my best life during the years of my best right. during the best years of my life. Right. So I was like I'm not going to do that with my child. However, I have to tell you, it's very difficult to not repeat these these patterns. Mm -hmm. It is because you are what you what you're exposed to that's what you become right and little Jeanette that's my mother's name Jeanette <laughs> she's in there she she's, in always, there. she's always in there trying to come out and I'm like I punch her in her face <laughs> and I'm like no I'm not turning into Jeanette I'm not gonna do it oh, and it's funny because my mom had um a troubled relationship with her mom too my grandmother's name is mabel now me and mabel <laughs> that's your that was your my girl. ride or die me yes. and my grandmother had an amazing relationship and that's when i began to understand that 
the dynamics between mothers and daughters are so complicated mm -hmm. because how my grandmother treated my mom is totally different than how she treated me. Right. But I tell my mother all, I call my mother Mabel all the time. Yeah. I'm like, yes, no, I'm like, you are just like your mom. You right. don't even see it. That is so funny. But yeah, so I was like, not about to not allow you to enjoy your life. My thing is you don't, get any reruns mm -hmm. you know and the older I get the more apparent it becomes it seems like time speeds up so I want my children to just live their lives and enjoy themselves but I'm just gonna you know be the little person on your shoulder like wait don't do that mm -hmm. that might not be the best direction you know but I'm gonna let you try to you know, navigate this thing and, and figure it out without you getting too many bruises and scratches on your knees. Right. I think you've done, not I think, you've done an amazing job. I hope I've done right by you guys. You, you know, have. and I think with me, we've, we've, had, we've had some bumps. Mm -hmm. There are some things, that, some little scars that, you know, were in your heart that were caused by me. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, the most important thing was to come back to you and say, listen, I would have done this differently. And I know these things hurt you and I love you and nothing was done intentionally. And I, I am accountable and I apologize. I wish more mothers did that. Yeah. What, we talked about this before, but if you know better, You'll do you better. do better. And everyone is working with whatever tools they were given. And mm -hmm. some of us weren't really given too many tools. So you figure it out as you go along. And it's unfortunate that you figure it out as you go along, especially with parenting, because the children are the ones that suffer. That's the other thing about like parenthood or being a mom. I feel like I mean, aside from you having your own example of mother figures, doesn't necessarily have to be your mom. It could be your auntie, your cousin, your grandmother, whatever. But, like, there's no, like, guidebook or rule book to it. I feel like being a mother is just, like, part intuitive and other part <laughs> go with the flow. It is, and it looks different to everyone. Because I look at how, um, I only have two best friends, I and one of them is not a mother, but... Um, now I have to say her name because they love <laughs> loving parents totally different than me, but she uh -huh. has the most amazing kids. And my thing is I don't give parenting advice to anyone. Right. I don't care if people, I get people telling me all the time, like, yo, you are such an amazing mom. I feel like I was born to be a mother right? and I can't wait to be a grandmother because it's going to be even better because mm -hmm. I can pour all this love and spoiling. Cause I am the, the spoiler. She's the queen spoiler. I am the queen spoiler, but I'm the queen. I'll whip your ass too. If you get out of line. <laughs> so with my grandkids it's like I get to do all of that without the stress of I'm not gonna be worried about the grades that's on you yeah that's right. your stress now yeah grandma I got a D I'm upset oh baby go ahead <laughs> <laughs> it's all right <laughs> I'm that's gonna be your headache right. you know I so I'm looking forward to that part all the love without the stress I love this conversation and I want to end it on this note what has been the most rewarding experience as a mother? That is the craziest question because everything is rewarding. Like there's so many firsts mm -hmm. 
and every first is rewarding the first word mm-hmm. the you, first you step the first word was? of course i do i don't know it what was dada it was yes <laughs> as i kept saying mama 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 no it was dada and so yeah funny. so um i, I think most kids I, I think most kids first word is dada because the d for some reason is easier, easier to, to pronounce say. than the yeah. m but um like i was saying the first word the first step the first day of pre-K, the first day that you leave your child at the school, the first day, the, you know, first grade, high school graduation, eighth grade graduation. There's so many firsts and there's so many milestones and just being your child's best cheerleader because no one is going to love you no one is going to want the best for you the way your mother. I'm sorry. I'll have this argument w- with dads. No. It's different. It is different. It's different. Until a man can carry a baby in its womb, we well, can't have that. Ac- <laughs> according to Twitter, I think they're developing a way. But there's still... It's- there, there's <laughs> nothing like that connection. And I get so like... It's just... It just brings out so much spirituality when I talk about motherhood because a baby is living inside of you and you're nurturing it and it's growing Mm -hmm. and then it comes out of you, Mm -hmm. connected to you still. Mm -hmm. It is the most amazing thing that any human being could ever, ever experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what would be the most rewarding experience because just going through this journey with the two of you is a gift within itself you know i'll tell you what is exciting to me what having two kids where i've had teachers and parents and random people coming up to me about both of them telling me what amazing children I have and it's not just the manners and the well-spoken part it's the spirit when people tell me like your kids have the best spirits they're so kind they're so compassionate like these are words that people have said to me describing my children I raised these two people. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel like I've done something amazing. You have. So the accolades of my education, my career, whatever money I make, none of that matters. Right. Because I've put two human beings on this planet that are going to make the biggest difference by just vibrating such a high level of love and spreading love. And that to me is like, I, I've done my job. You did that. Oh, my mom has me crying. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. This was so good. And I'm glad that you didn't um, see the questions. Before I know. Again. I know. 
I didn't want to prepare. Because no. then I would have came out like Oprah. You know, oh I went my Oprah thing. She, she would have gotten into her Oprah bag and she would have been doing like all these weird hand gestures <laughs> that nobody else would be able to see. But she would be real extra in doing the most. Well, I'd like to think that being a mother has um, enlightened me and such. It's been an exceptional feeling. <laughs> okay, I'm we're stupid. done. We're out. Wait. Yeah, we have to do something where I could tell my war stories because everybody needs to hear them. I have some great. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you? There was there was part of me that was like wishing that you would ask some question that would enable me to lead into. <laughs> she wanted me. <laughs> she wanted to tell her war stories. I was so, so ready. If you guys want to hear my mom's war stories, tweet me or tweet her at. Amber the Alchemist. <laughs> Tweet me at Amber the Alchemist on. Oh no, wait. My Twitter is Amber J Finney. My my Instagram is Amber the Alchemist. So DM me or tweet me and let me know what stories. Trust me, guys. You want to hear them? They're amazing. She has great stories. You have to remember, my mom grew up like my mom. <laughs> my mom grew. My mom is hip hop. My parents are hip hop. Yes. So like as that as that shit like rose from the concrete. <laughs> She was right there with them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look, see, she's she's I'm literally so getting excited right now. Okay, I'm turning these mics <laughs> off. Happy Mother's Day to all the mother out Happy there. Happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful women, all of you beautiful brown women. You have the most rewarding job on the planet. Know that is a blessing. Know that is a gift. Know that you've been graced and know that there is nothing that you cannot achieve if you keep God first. Whoever it is that you call God, keep her, him, it first and move forward with strength, wisdom, understanding, and most of all, love. Yes. See y'all. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you were able to connect with us through some of the things that we've shared. The olive branch has definitely been extended and we'd love to continue the dialogue. So please engage with us and share your feedback, suggestions, likes, tell your sister, give us some positive energy. You can use the hashtag BGA podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Brown Girl Alchemy, at Amber the Alchemist and at Nelly Mommy Alchemist. Until next time, brown girls, we see you.